Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word "Do Good Better" at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So contact Brady Martz to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide to you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. One of the things that I think you could all do a lot better, marketing your own nonprofit. And that is through some digital uh, fields, for example. Uh, Are you using SEO? Are you even thinking about SEO? Are you thinking about keywords on a normal basis? No, you probably aren't. I'd shame you, except, you know, I realize that you're a small, medium-sized nonprofit, and you don't think that you can do that. Ah, nay, I say. Got a guest for you today that's going to help you out. We're going to position this to say, even you, whatever size, scale, and scope of an organization that you are, you too can play with the big boys and girls in the SEO and keyword game. Uh, my guest today, uh, he's the, uh, this is, this is my, one of my favorite um, actual titles of anybody who's been on the show. Lead innovator at Respana, Farzad. How are you? Uh, good to have you on the show. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Patrick. It's a pleasure. I'm very excited to talk uh, with this uh, with you, nerding out a little bit. And again, I know enough to be dangerous, but I don't know enough to be an expert, which is why you are here with us today. But before we get started. Uh, I think uh, people are probably finding us on iTunes or LinkedIn, or they're probably finding us on YouTube or Spotify, wherever you're finding this delightful podcast. And you're like, well, I want to know all about these things, but I don't know much about this. Why don't you give a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do and why we're talking today? Sure thing. Absolutely. So I'm happy to give you a little background. I started my career working at a tiny little startup called Vizme back in the day that was uh, just starting out. Have you heard of Vizme before, Patrick? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to glad to hear it. Uh, I joined as the first marketing hire for folks who are listening who don't know what Bizme is. It's an all-in-one uh, visual content creation platform for businesses. So uh, we actually do work with quite a few nonprofits. We have special plans. I'm no longer affiliated with Bizme, but definitely if you guys are listening, check it out. But it's uh, uh, basically if you're a nonprofit creating any sort of infographics, presentations, any sort of visual graphics, you can go ahead and create very professional looking content within a matter of a few minutes 
as especially if you're not that good of an artist like I am, because <laughs> uh, I can't be trusted with a box of uh, crayons. So uh, it's good to it's good to uh, have these kind of tools handy. But anyway, when I joined the company as the first marketing hire, we had to try to figure out a customer acquisition channel that we could easily scale without having to pour a ton of cash into because we started as a bootstrap company. Yes, we were for profit, but um, obviously the funds were limited. I'm sure a lot of people are listening or all kinds of businesses deal with the same issue. So we're like, okay, paid advertising is extremely expensive and it's, they use a bidding system and it getting it's getting more expensive by the day. Cold outreach works for some of uh, products that were at a higher price point because then it is also a very expensive process to hire salespeople, to hire people to go door to door. And what we had to kind of figure out was a scalable process because we wanted, wanted to keep the price point of our platform pretty affordable, especially for SMBs. Uh, and we had to figure out a channel that we didn't have to you know, pour a ton of cash into that would position ourselves to show up in places where people who are looking for a product or service like ours would come across us instead of spending all of our money trying to become a household name, which is insanely expensive. So we, so let, but we, what basically we sat down, we're like, okay, how are customers searching for uh, for a tool like ours? So let's say, Patrick, let's go through an exercise. So let's say you have an, you want to create an infographic. Right. For, for example, impact environment on um, or impact of, for example, uh, the oil industry and environment. And uh, you want to go ahead and create an infographic. What was the first thing you do when it comes to figuring out what tool you want to use uh, or what what platform you'd like to use to create that? Oh, goodness. Probably Google something. Exactly. <laughs> That's normally the answer for. 90% of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we, we knew from day one that people who are interested in that platform are constantly Googling things in order to come across throughout their buyer journey, whether they're looking at at the very top of the funnel, how do I create an infographic or how uh, do I make my infographic look better? What is an infographic in the first place? And then into the consideration stage where they're looking for infographic templates. And then the later stage where they're actually looking at an infographic tool or, or software. And and, and same goes for presentations and a bunch of other keywords that we we're trying to go after. So we knew from day one that SEO was a big deal. And we're like, okay, this is great. Let's, uh, yes, we are a small team. We have limited resources, but we can put together a website and, and start writing some content, build some landing pages, did some basic keyword research. And we knew exactly what type of keywords I wanted to mainly target. And guess what happened when we published that website and put it out there? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I want to say, I want you to either disappoint me or get me a right answer. <laughs> exactly. It was completely crickets and it was yeah. quite discouraging. But but about 90 some percent of websites uh, get very little traffic from Google. And uh, we knew that we knew that that it's not going to be as easy from day one. But always it was a daunting task to uh, to try to go against some of the big boys because we knew, or big guys in the industry because we knew that they had hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal and we were a bootstrap tiny little startup so the way we sort of position ourselves we were like okay let's go back to the drawing board and see what we were doing wrong so let's say if you're google or any search engine and let, you know patrick let's do this actually let's say you are looking for a presentation software can you do me a favor? Can you just go ahead and open a little browser tab or incognito tab so it wouldn't impact oh, yeah. a, a, on your browser and it just Google presentation software. Mm -hmm. So see how you Google something, it 
it shows you the number of web pages that has yep. that keyword not the very top. Yep. How many search results pop up for the for the keyword presentation software? Yeah, I clicked I clicked into it too. I did that. Oh my god. It's in the it's in the, the tens of thousands. Okay, that's way too many. How about that? <laughs> way too many. <laughs> tens of thousands, I wish. Yeah. How many zeros do you see? It's uh two. Three. Hold on a second. I'm looking at the wrong place. You tell me how many are there? I want to know. There are about three and a half billion search results. Oh boy. For the for the keyword presentation software. Do you see it now? Gross. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't want to say that number. That was too big of a number. I was like, (laughs) I'm trying to guess right. Guessing correctly. Difficult to count the zeros that that come up nowadays. So we were like, okay, well, if we were to create the best piece of content else out there. So like, for example, the impact of the oil industry and environment. And and we were to create a really good looking graphic, build a really good, nice site that loads fast, is responsive, that we've done our homework and done the research or wrote a really good piece of content. This is what we call on-page SEO, things that people just attribute to SEO as the, the practice. That, that, that's what most people think that's all SEO is. So if you're Google as a search engine, let's say you're in the top 1% or top 0.1% in terms of quality, whatever way you want to define it. So if there are three and a half billion web pages and you're in the top 1% in terms of quality, quote unquote, you're still going to be in the hundreds of thousands or if not millions in terms of search rank. So then how do you get yourself in the top 10 search results or how as a search engine, you go rank these search and search results because 99% of those clicks is going to go to the top 10. I'm like, okay, well, let's try to figure out how that works. So the way Google came and beat all the other search engines back in the late 90s uh, was developing an algorithm called PageRank. Up to this day is the core of Google. That's just how Google is built. Is based on evaluating web pages, not only based on what we call on-page metrics, so like stuff that's on the website, but also how other websites in your space, other authoritative resources in your space are talking about you. And if they're talking about you in the first place. And the way that they attribute that to your website is through these backlinks. So if you see those hyperlinks as you're browsing the web and you come across the web page and they link to each other, that in eyes of Google is an indication that, hey, these guys must be popular or an authoritative, credible resource because other people are talking about them. Now, we knew this, that's common knowledge, that's what Google says, and that's what's known for years. But the question is, how do you go about getting other people to link back to you and talk about you? Because now things become difficult, aren't they? Because now not, this is no longer under your control. You can't just go stuff keywords on your web page and call it a day. Now you actually have to convince other people, other sources in your industry to start talking about you in order to establish yourself as an authoritative resource. And that was something that was quite tricky. And, and, and it's supposed to be tricky because if it was easy, then it would not be a ranking factor for over 20 years that it is now, right? So, because marketers ruin everything. <laughs> you, heard so, it, you heard it, marketers listening. That's ruin. right. I, I'm a marketer and I, and I, and I, I, I myself, I'm guilty of that. But anyhow, um, so we, what we basically started to do was to try to figure out some strategies, how we can build relationships and partnerships and collaborate with other websites in our industry. Again, you have to remember all while doing this, we're a small bootstrap company. So we had to keep things and stay scrappy. And things started working 
a little bit here and there. And what we decided to do was to basically build that whole process of outreach. So starting from researching the right websites, finding the right people, getting the right contacts, reaching out to them with a personalized pitch that doesn't look like a cookie cutter, cookie cutter email that you send out yep. to everyone. Um, what was the basis of an internal tool that we built for ourselves? And it worked ridiculously well. It helped us 10x our productivity. We cut around 80% of average costs, let go a lot of our data mining team that helped us kind of automate a lot of the mundane tasks that now we just have one person, for example, responded to manage the entire flow from A to Z. And, um, and that we were like, guys, this is awesome. And uh, let's go ahead and put this as a standalone product. So that's sort of how Respondo was born as a separate product out of Ismi a few years back. So I shifted away from Ismi, started working on Respondo full-time, created a team, and the rest is history. I love that. So let's let's dive in. There's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about because I think, um, and let's start with organic, great content. If you're a nonprofit and you're doing great work in the community, what type of thing should you just have in general as a baby step out of the gate? Because you have to do something and, and you can't do everything. So let's just say you're a small nonprofit. You're like, all right, I've taken... I've listened to this podcast. I'm I'm in. I've got my notebook sitting down. I'm going to have step one. And I think if we can do it in like a three-step process, knowing full well that there'll probably be a link in the show notes that you can get a hold of my friend for Zan here. Uh, <laughs> listen, so what I would like to do is just go, what do you do first? Do you um, befriend everybody and you just post everywhere or are you posting really good stuff first and why? That is a great question, Patrick. So- the first question you need to answer first is whether or not SEO is the right channel for you. So yeah. you got to have a goal coming in. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of the times, the answer is no, and mm-hmm. it's not the right strategy. You should just not touch it even because otherwise it would just be a big waste of time. Because SEO is a puzzle. It's a it's not something you can do at half baked and expect it to give any results. You need to have all the pieces together for it to work. It's like a machine. So you can't just build a car with just with the wheels, right? You can, you need all the pieces together. So, and it takes quite a lot of time and resources uh, and you can do it at a small scale if you're a small company like we are, but that does require it to be a priority in order for it to be worth the effort. So how do we first figure out whether respond is the right channel? So if you're a nonprofit, you need to understand, okay, are we targeting people who are donors and, and we're looking to establish ourselves as a well-known resource or a nonprofit in this space in order to attract more funding or the mission of of this is to actually raise awareness about our, uh, you know, the work that we are doing and and in order to attract partnerships, et cetera. So obviously this is a very broad definition, but every nonprofit knows their, you know, priority as well. So you got to understand first, what is it that you're trying to do? And if that objective is something that SEO could help with. And then, and and the way you can do that is by just putting yourself in shoes of that target audience. For us, as a for-profit company, we wanted to attract customers. Okay, let's see what our customers do in order to find a product like ours. So let's say if you're a nonprofit trying to find and raise funds, what would you do as a as an investor or as a person who who is a philanthropist? Uh, are you going to Google? Are you googling things? And if you are, in order to come across your nonprofit, then that means you are going in, in fact, in the right place. So you first have to establish, okay, what are my goals? What am I trying to do? Is SEO the right channel for me? Are people actively Googling in order to come across our resources? And if the answer to that is yes, still you don't know. 
because sometimes, yes, people are Googling, but what is the volume of those searches? How many people are actually Googling on a monthly basis? Because you also have to consider that uh, when, when you start going in after these certain keywords, if the volume of those are very little and not tangible, it's not going to result in tangible results for your business, for a nonprofit. So you want to use a uh, free tool called Uber Suggest, or um, there are some free alternatives uh, that uh, we use a tool called Ahrefs that also has a, a free version of their tool that called Ahrefs Webmaster Tools that you can use, or SEM Rush shells up a free version. Stick with free tools yet. Don't spend your money just yet. <laughs> um, and, and run some of these keywords that you're that the places that you'd like to be through these um, tools to first identify what's the monthly volume of organic searches for these keywords. And if it's something that's tangible and you're like, okay, this is something that we could work with, then look at the competition. See, okay, if this is something that is attainable for us. And if so, then great. The answer is yes. We know as a, as a matter of fact that people are actively looking for this keyword and it's somewhat um, uh, you know, possible for us to start getting rankings for these. And it, it aligns with our objective, our organization. It's I almost love, idiotic. Love, not. Yeah. yeah, no, I love, I love that so much because I think a lot of organizations are going to look at this and go, okay, well, this is going to get us more donors. No, these people don't even know who you are. And so it's almost like, think about what your services and programs are that are going to be on the top of the list rather than searching out donors and trying to get in front of people who are actively looking to donate. You know damn well that there aren't people on the internet going, I've got 40 bucks. I'm going to go nonprofits I can donate to in the area. They're not going to do that. They're looking That's for right. specific groups, specific impact, specific stories. And you got to tailor it to that to make sure that everybody's talking about you in that space, which is, I think what you're trying to get at here, here is that be the expert in the space and be the person that every, or be the organization that everybody's looking at in your specific niche. And if you're that person that people are talking about constantly, or they're linking to you, I mean, that's going to be number one priority to you because you're going to get the people who want to support you, not people who are randomly on the internet, the, you know, 7 billion people in the world who are looking to donate to a small nonprofit in flyover country, North Dakota. That's yeah. not going to happen. You're wasting your time, energy, and effort rather than we are a autism, rural autism services in North Dakota. If you're there and that's what you're doing, and you can sort of position yourself as the expert in that field there, half the battle, because you, you don't waste the time chasing, like you said, SEO as, right. an, as a concept that shouldn't be even a thing. And I wanted to kind of touch base on that too, which is what sort of organic uh, momentum can you build by just doing things like podcasts and interviews and talks and posting on all these other different channels that then link back to your website is doing something like this, being on a podcast and having somebody like the host link your site to them. Is this helpful? That's exactly why I'm here, Patrick. Oh my, it is. <laughs> I can't believe it. Because, because here's the thing. I think it's, I, I think people want to overcomplicate it when you get to tell your story in a medium like this and then have it linked back. And all of a sudden that helps and it doesn't cost you a penny. Exactly. And and not to say that, Patrick, I don't enjoy chatting with you, obviously. No. One of the reasons why I spend my time is to build you know, relationships with great people like yourself, smart people like yourself in the industry. And, and, and I love connecting with uh, other fellow um, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and people who are uh, basically in the industry. But however, 
Uh, one of the things that I also wanted to say is that not to alienate folks that are like, okay, I'm in a very small niche. I don't think necessarily organic traffic would be of help. You still need to get an exposure for your mission and what you're yeah. doing. And SEO is not just from Google. What you're trying to do is also uh, do some through the same promotion tactics that I'm going to discuss later. You're going to have to basically contact journalists that are covering specifically what you're talking about and maybe giving them, uh, are getting them to quote you through a variety of different strategies that I'm going to speak about. Going on relevant podcasting or niche people, that people are actively listening to, including donors. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and basically gain exposure for your mission and your, and, and your brand in a way to establish trust and credibility that would attract and ultimately result in donations and, and help you with your next round of fundraising. So what I'm trying to say is um, it, it caters to both, but you got to understand first where your priorities lie. And if, if the goal first is to start getting organic traffic to your own website, then, OK, there is a process for that. And I actually outlined the whole process of how you go establish your website. Obviously, we have limited time here in the interview. In a free ebook that I wrote in my days at VizMe, uh, you can just Google VizMe marketing strategy. And if you want to put that in the show notes, Patrick, that'd be great. And it's a free resource. You could go ahead and download it. It's about 160 pages. I'll, I'll apologize in advance because I tend to blabber a lot, but there's lots of screenshots and stuff in there. So you actually can follow along and build the right foundation for your website understand how to do keyword research, how you go about prioritizing these keywords, how you go about writing these pieces of content, depending on user intent. So if you need to build a educational blog post or if you need to go and build an landing page. Um, and basically, uh, then it becomes a matter of, okay, promotion. So now that we have that website ready to roll, how are we going to go and actually get some eyes on it? And on the other hand, if you're not even looking to do um, basically, or optimizing website necessary for organic craft, because this, this may not be the right fit. You still need to go out of your way, start doing some promotion tactics and strategy. And that's where I really want to talk about. And, and that's something that I would like to dive a little deeper in uh, is how we're going to go about actually building, establishing, getting other people to talk about us. And that's something that I'm doing right now, here, right here today. <laughs> and, and I'd love to. Um, you know, basically uh, share some strategies with the audience who are listening, uh, who can take that back to their team and, and potentially replicate. If you're not uh, listening to this in a masterclass on how to get in front of people, and again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, your object, if your object is to raise more money, you have a lot of steps before that. And number one is tell your story to as many people as possible and do it in as many mediums as possible. So this is a great setup to, all right. Tips and tricks. This is what we. This is the. This is the uh, the payoff here as far as the podcast go. How do we get our name, our mission, and our face again with the back links out to as many people as possible? What do we do? Give us the. Give us the strategy. Sure I'm gonna thing. take notes too, and then we're gonna roll. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Right. So first of all, there's no one size fit all strategy. So what I'm gonna discuss is just recommendations to for you to take with a grain of salt. Uh, you, need, you understand your organization the best and you understand your audience. So um, hopefully uh, people would get inspirations from what I'm going to discuss. And you obviously want to tailor it to exactly what uh, the mission of your organization is. So there's a number of different strategies that I would recommend folks to get started with. And again, you can do all of these by yourself manually yourself. And so uh, Respana helps automate a lot of things and help you scale things. Uh, pretty much everything I'm going to discuss and talk about today 
However, you don't need that uh, if you're just starting out. I would actually encourage folks to start doing it manually yourself up to you're like, okay, I see where, where, where this is going. This makes a lot of sense, but I don't have all the time in the world because <laughs> I got more important things to do. And that's when a tool like Respondent comes in handy because then it saves you, you know, tens of hours every single week and, and it's $99 a month. So you're like, okay, it's a no brainer at this point. But it, before you get there, don't go and just jump the gun and, and straight up sign up for a tool like Respond or any other tool for that matter. Because obviously you want to make sure that you have a proof of concept and a clear cut ROI before you sign up for any any paid tools, Oz included. I love so it. let's talk a little. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the strategies. All right. One, podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. So going on podcasts, especially popular shows in your niche with a relevant audience is, is a very um, uh, uh, great strategy. I go on podcasts about two to three times a week, not only build relationships with people in your space, but also and make great friends like Patrick. And also at the same time, it, it's free advertising to a niche audience, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> it means this is working. And also, that's last one, at least you get some brand mentions and backlinks to your own websites that add, if SEO is your main focus, that is going to help you a ton because these podcasts are going to normally repurpose the content into an article and, and you know, include mentioned backlinks into your website from the show notes. Uh, and, and that's definitely going to be helpful. So you're hitting like three birds, one stone. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we go on podcasts? All right. So let me walk you through that strategy. And Patrick, this is the same exact strategy that I did to land here. So it obviously it works. <laughs> so, so what our team does is using the responder engine. If again, if you're not a responder user, don't worry about it. You can do this through iTunes. So just pull up iTunes and you can go and look up podcast episodes that have interviewed someone in your space. So don't go and just look up nonprofit. Go and look up Farzad Rashidi or Patrick Kirby, right? Look up people in your space who go on other podcasts because that tells you automatically tells you three things. So the podcasts you're going to find, one, are going to accept guests because not all podcasts do. Yep. Two, they're going to be relevant to your space because guess what? They, if they've interviewed Patrick, then that means that it has something to do with fundraising for nonprofits, right? <laughs> it can be about a cooking show. <laughs> I mean, it could. I'm it totally could. down. I'm totally right. down for a podcast about cooking, but right. And the third also makes your life easier as the person who's averaging these podcasts to use that episode as a hook to be able to personalize the pitch, implying to, to that podcast host that, hey, I'm not just blasting all the podcasts I see. I have actually done my homework and research and found your, found your podcast. And I think it would be a good fit for this and that reason. So you go ahead and reach out to Patrick and say, hey, so that's exactly what my team did, Patrick. You got an email, I'm, I'm sure whoever manages your inbox, uh, you received an email from. And again, Respondent helps you find the email addresses and all that stuff. If not, you can do some Googling around to find the contacts. Uh, but basically, uh, Dylan, my colleague, just did a podcast episode search and found your podcast, who's interviewed someone in our space, and Respondent found the contacts, and we reached out to you saying, hey, Patrick. I love your episode with this and that person. And, uh, you know, was wondering whether you're still accepting new guests. We'd love to have Farzan on the show to come and talk about X, Y, and Z. And here's why it's relevant. And, and then basically, I'm sure you get a ton of these pitches left and right, Patrick, because um, you're in the, I'm not sure whether you know this actually, but your podcast is actually one of the top 5% podcasts globally on iTunes. I'm not sure you know this, but <laughs> congratulations. I don't want to have you humble brag for me, but I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, doing a great job. 
And what I'm trying to say is I'm sure you get left pitches left and right. So it becomes quite apparent for you to kind of spot some of these cookie cutter templates versus if you spend a minute or so actually personalizing that pitch. So Respond actually pulls some episodes from the podcast that you can listen to. And with the show notes, they can sort of sprinkle in some level of personalization in there. Again, if you don't have it, that's okay. You can still do that manually. It's just going to take a little more, a little bit more time. So I think that's what, so that's interesting. And I'd love to sort of interject there too, is it's a hundred percent true. I get a ton of these a day. <laughs> a lot of them don't make any sense. Right. But the ones that do are the ones exactly what you just said. They personalize it enough to go, huh, someone must've done enough research or enough interest in it to specifically pull out pieces that resonate with what I want my audience to listen to. And that's the brilliance behind it. So you can do this. But again, if you're doing it for free, like Prasad said, listen, if you're going to do this a couple of times, get in there to see if you're a good fit, justify why it's a good fit. Eventually, when you automate it through it, and they're going to justify it for you because they already know your personality and what your goals are, et cetera. That's true. But if you're going to do it for free, don't go, I'd be good on your show. And then just stop there, right? give them a piece of why you're going to engage your uh, your audience because that, the longer they listen, the better the chance they're going to get to the show notes, the better they're more interested in just what you do, the better they're going to help with a, a subscription episodes and they're more likely to share and blah, blah. There's a lot that goes into that. So um, this is really important to get on shows and then provide awesome value is to follow this lead here because it's that's a super critical way to get past the editing eyes of the uh, gatekeepers. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's one of the main strategies. Right. There's tons of them out there. Another one that our team does is, uh, is working with a newsletter called Harrow. Have you heard of Harrow before Patrick? Not, no. So it stands for helperreporter.com and it's, it's a free newsletter. Everybody can go sign up to It's, it's hosted by Cision. And basically, yeah, I'm going to tell you about how responsible plays in the in this. But if you're a nonprofit, you want to start getting some mentions and, 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 and through relevant niche publications because that's where your donors are hanging out, and that's where you have an opportunity to position yourself as an authoritative source to be cited on these um, uh, basically publications. And also, if you're thinking on it from an SEO perspective, these backlinks also are going to help your website because that's another world of popularity. So Harrow is a free newsletter that journalists that are writing stories on these publications are looking for quotes from experts in certain fields, right? And once you subscribe to Harrow, they send you three emails a day, every day, and filled with journalist queries. So anything from nail polish and beauty to nonprofits to AI. So uh, if you are manually sorting through these, it's going to take some time to read because every single email contains quite a few uh, pitches or, or queries. But these are low-hanging fruit opportunities that you can tackle and reach out to the journalists who are writing a new brand new story and looking for an expert. For example, hey, I'm looking for experts in environment and who are concerned about the impact of fossil fuels on the environment. And, and um, I was wondering what your, what your take is on this particular subject. So if you go and actually reach out to them with a, an informative answer, then you get a chance 
to actually get quoted on this article and get a backlink to your organization because guess what? They're going to have to cite you and your organization from this publication. So, so respond to the way our team does it is that they actually create, they create smart filters. So it actually keeps an eye out for any mentions of certain keywords in the queries that matches your organization. And then we just filter it out automatically and they can just pitch them right through the responder platform. But if you don't have that, that's totally okay. You can still do that yourself. It's a free newsletter open for everyone. So you can sign up as a source on a hero newsletter, monitor it. I would say spend a few minutes a day looking through these pitches, see if something that comes in is relevant to you. Uh, we had a full-time intern uh, who used to do this um, full-time <laughs> just to read Harrow. <laughs> uh, and then uh, she quit her job because it was it's not the most interesting task. Uh, but uh, we, so we sort of had to build that into, into our platform to kind of automate that. But, but again, as I said, if you're starting out, no need. Uh, you can go ahead and sign up for free. Now, another thing I would highly recommend is also journalist outreach, but to niche publications. So a lot of people make the same mistake of only targeting Forbes in specific news publications that are super huge. And a lot of these contributors aren't actually actively um, writing news stories because a lot of them are just contributors and they're not like necessarily employees of that publication. So one of the things that we do is data back research. So if you're some sort of nonprofit, and, and, you know, let me give you an example. Actually, I think that would, you get a kick out of it, Patrick. Um, have you watched Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, every, uh, all the time. I think I'm on my third, <laughs> my third se- run through. Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. So one of the things that we did, so VizMe is also a data and a data visualization tool. So we use data from a betting website based on how much people are betting on a certain character to win the Game of Thrones before the last season come out, came out. And uh, we basically put together a really nice looking infographic and we're like, hey, who's going to win the Game of Thrones? And uh, and basically visualize it. And, and we actually ended up guessing it wrong, but the campaign was very successful because then what we did was to take these graphics and went to, we, we just, well, again, if you're, <laughs> I don't want to keep plugging responding here, but you can go on Google News. And then you can look up Game of Thrones in the past. And then it looks and brings up all the publications about that keyword uh, that have been just recently published, like new articles fresh out of it. You don't want to just go and look up and in a PR database. A lot of people use Scission or Meltwater, a lot of these fancy PR tools. I don't actually like media databases because they give you very little opportunity for personalization and relevance. Because if you're just looking up how we're going to find people who are interested in Game of Thrones, you look up that keyword in a beat They've wrote an article about it three years ago. <laughs> like it's not a relevant pitch. But if you reach out to a journalist that released an article yesterday about Game of Thrones, you know, and you reach out to that person, and you're like, "Hey, Patrick, you know, uh, just read your article about, uh, you know, uh, Jon Snow of, of Game of Thrones." And by the way, on this this and that publication, and and we just uh, visualized the stats of who's going to win the Game of Thrones before the next season comes out. And I thought this would be something that'd be interesting for you since you just covered that. And it resulted in close to, I would say, 60 to 70 major press mentions, um, like Forbes, uh, Psychology Today, Men's Health, you name it. Uh, they wrote dedicated articles to who's going to win the Game of Thrones and, and, and embedded our graphics in there with citations to VizMe. And it was a widely successful campaign. Now, a lot of that stuff 
you could do manually. And so basically, if you have some sort of data that you gather together, you don't have to do any experiments or any, you know, uh, you don't need to change the borders of science to do this, right? It it's, could be as small as, hey, we're going to visualize some data that we gathered or data that was published uh, in, a, in a nice looking graphic and go and see who's already writing about that topic and pitch them, not your organization, nope. right? But that piece of data or that piece of data, data visualization that you put together. And that way you're still indirectly getting mentions and backlinks and gaining popularity for your organization by contacting journalists that have recently written that piece. So that's, that's the PR average digital PR campaign that our team runs every once in a while. Um, and that is something that I would highly recommend for people who are looking to get some press exposure. Um, but the first thing that people do, they're like, okay, well, we are an environmental nonprofit. So we're just going to go and, you know, look up all the journalists in the media database that covered environment. And then you just blast them with a press release and nobody's going to read that <laughs> or write a story on so got to get a little more strategic and creative with that. And it's a process that you can replicate over time because, hey, guess what? Once you build a network of these journalists that have already published, the next time you have a new set of data, you can reach out to the same people and ask them to talk about your brand or, or mention that specific stat in there. And I think, that, I, think a, I think a lot of nonprofits are like, well, I don't have any stats on this. I don't have any. Yes, you do. Everything that you're talking to your donors about, the amount of impact that you're making, the amount of people that you've helped, the amount of uh, shelter that you gave to individuals, the amount of food you distributed are all facts and figures that journalists want to write about and that they are writing about. All you got to do is reach, reach out. And again, to your point, you could do this locally. If you're in a small you know, town or you're in a, a small area, you got one or two publications that might be interested in some of that stuff. Somebody's bound to be writing about it. Somebody's bound to need some sort of information. And what I love what you said about this too, it's not like, hey, look at my press release. It's first out, I've got a really interesting thing that we just found out that we've just done. I know that you wrote about it. Hey, here's here's some other information just in case you do a follow-up or whatever you have in your publication. You're offering them value. The same way that Farsad's on here giving value to you is the same way that you want to go on the podcast and other media outlets and give value. If all you did as a nonprofit leader was good on every radio show you possibly could and all you talked about was how much money you needed, no one would invite you back. Not one person. Not one person would recommend you. Not one person would find you interesting because you're not relatable. And you're not giving any value to the show. You're not giving them anything to, to you know, sort of chew on or digest or use in any other thing other than here's, a, here's another person asking for money. So <laughs> so I, what I really do is, is listen to kind of what we're talking about today. As we sort of wrap up the show, because I want you to go and, and find Responda and go check it out, because I think there's probably a lot of things that you can probably do or think about before you get think about automating everything. But that's, that's, right. that's what you want to do. But one of the things that is so abundantly clear here is what value can you give to an audience that might not know who you are? Can you make it interesting and intriguing enough to have a conversation via a podcast? Can you give some sort of value that other people can use that benefits them right away? And you're playing a very long game. This is not immediate gratification. This is immediate gratification for you because you get your name out. But the long term is other people are going to talk about you that then get other people to talk about you. It's the, the sharing on social media. It is the other things that other people control. Remember, we talk about this all the time on the podcast as well. 
third-party endorsement is exponentially more important than first-party solicitation. If you don't have other people talking about how awesome you are in the, in the realm of where you're uh, operating, nobody cares. Everybody expects you to tell the story. Nobody expects somebody else to go, you know who's really awesome? These guys. And that's the ultimate goal. This is the, this is, I'm so glad we started with SEO too, because I think everybody's sort of like, oh, you need SEO. And what I'm hoping by this, at the end of this conversation, that you're realizing that it is not the be all end all. This, this, this process of getting you to tell a story and reach out in strategic ways is going to be way more valuable in the long run than it is in the short run. And I know we're coming up on time. God, my mighty, we can do it. To three-hour Joe Rogan-like show. I feel like we probably could. However, because people have the attention span of gnats, they're probably looking for a way on how on earth are they going to get a hold of you so they can learn more about Respond and everything else and probably learn some tips and tricks on all of the things that you have going on. How on earth do people get a hold of you? And how on earth can you make their lives a little more, uh, I don't know, simpler so they don't have to do any of this themselves? How? Tell us. <laughs> sure thing. So we do have on our website a free outreach strategy hub uh, that explains ready-to-use recipes, just like the strategies I mentioned today, uh, in a step-by-step format with templates ready to go. You don't have to put in your email. You don't need to do anything. It's public on our website. If you just navigate to rana.com, that's R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com, the very bottom footer, there's something called an outreach strategy hub. Click on that. A lot of the strategies that are on there, you can easily do it yourself manually without having to need any particular software tools. And once you start experimenting with some of these, you're doing some podcast outreach, you get in one or two podcast appearances, you're like, this is great. We should probably go on podcasts more often. Well, then a responder would become a, a, a platform that may be worth an investment. And that's something that you can easily sign up with. We normally set up an onboarding session uh, and a demo call. So we do a good amount of hand-holding with any organization we get on board to help them strategize and figure out, okay, what are some strategies that are more low-hanging fruit to tackle initially and then sort of get into more advanced stuff later. And then respond would kind of be a do-it-yourself platform where with very little investment uh, without having to go hire an expensive PR firm or a person to manage it for you that costs thousands of dollars a month with like a, a, a you know subscription fee, you can actually do a lot of that work yourself in-house and be able to automate a lot of the mundane, dirty tasks like finding contacts or um, or finding these specific opportunities and then focus more on personalization and be able to uh, focus more on managing replies and building relationships. Um, and, and myself, my, if folks want to connect with me personally, I'd love to connect with them and hear from them. I'm uh, available on LinkedIn. That's normally my main social channel. There's My name is Farzad Rashidi. So there's not a whole lot of them out there in the world. <laughs> so I sort of stick out like a sore thumb. So you're more than welcome to connect with me there. I'd love to hear from you. Farzad Rashidi on LinkedIn. I uh, should pop up there uh, pretty, pretty easily. And uh, that's where I would, yeah, that's pretty much it. As always, we're going to put these uh, in the show notes strategically put them in the show notes. Go, <laughs> go click on that. While you're clicking around, by the way, uh, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, uh, give it a five-star review. This is the kind of five-star guest we get here on the official Do Good Better podcast, giving you all the tips and tricks and awesome value about how you can do this on your own. And then when you get too big for your britches, then you call up uh, the experts that respond and then they take care of the rest, which is kind of a fun little deal. Um, I, 
seriously, I so appreciate um, how much great information. Tag this podcast, guys, because this is one you're going to want to listen to again uh, because there's so much great info. I stopped taking notes because I'm just going to listen to it again because I can. And it's that's because my podcast and I can do that before anybody else <laughs> to go get all the notes because it's, it's there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and I, I so appreciate you giving the information and so appreciate your perspective and your time. Uh, I love it. Uh, thanks so much for the, uh, the sort of uh, tips and tricks that you've given us. But more than that, thanks so much for being a guest uh, here on the official Do Good Better podcast. You're welcome back any uh, time again you know, to help with those, uh, those clicks and, uh, and to give out some more great information for our listeners as well, my friend. Thank you so much. Of course. My, it's my pleasure, Patrick. And thanks for having me on the show. This was really fun. Absolutely. See you guys next time. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests I get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, A Practical Guide to Staying Sane While Doing Good for Free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady March to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit.